Classic Crew, and welcome to today's episode of The Classic Girl's Guide. We are back after our book club discussion and our live stream Q&A, and now we have three uninterrupted weeks of podcasts. So I'm excited to be back in the swing of things. As you guys know, this podcast comes out three times a month, so you'll always have new content here, and it is exclusive for my premium subscribers. So today's episode is going to be all about five ways to communicate with your partner that guarantee a good outcome. It can be difficult to get into a disagreement with your spouse, but with these five tips, I think you'll actually find that the conversation ends up being more fruitful than otherwise. And even though disagreements aren't always the most comfortable thing in the world, often they actually lead to great resolutions. But before we get into the bulk of today's episode, we are going to do our catch up. I'm going to catch you up on what's been going on with me. And don't forget to wait until the end of today's episode so you can hear my classic tip of the week. So let's start off with what's been going on with me. Life has been crazy, guys. It has been so insane. I've really been just kind of amazed at how much has been going on. But I'm feeling very blessed because for some reason, God has given me this perspective of, you know, it's okay to take it easy. If things don't get done today, they'll get done tomorrow. Normally, I'm someone who gets very overwhelmed, feels like I'm just running out of time in the day and just can't get enough done. But lately, and it may be because I'm pregnant and I recognize that that is a job in and of itself, I have just been feeling okay with sort of the pace of things. And if it means that things aren't going to get done as quickly, that's okay. I kind of hope I continue to hold this sort of thought process moving forward because it is very comforting and it gives me a better kind of perspective on the day-to-day tasks that don't always get done. Especially as I'm approaching motherhood, I'm sure that that is only going to become more and more relevant. And so I hope I can keep this feeling moving forward. But let's start off with where I am at in this pregnancy. I am 32 weeks. I'm officially 32 weeks, which means I'm officially in my eighth month. And I am only eight weeks away from my due date, which is crazy. I remember feeling like it was crazy to be 12 weeks away from my due date. So to be eight weeks away is a very very intense. So uh, that means that we have only eight weeks to get the house unpacked, which I will be touching on, and to get the nursery set up and to get everything ready for this little guy's arrival, who, by the way, is kicking and moving like crazy right now. Uh, It's very difficult not to sometimes go, ooh, when he, he gets you in a spot that you don't expect. So That is always fun. Honestly, the endorphin rush of a baby kicking you is just the best thing ever. There's nothing better. There's literally nothing better in the world. I'm really gonna miss it when he's born and I don't feel his kicks inside anymore. But with God's help, I will have future children so I can continue to feel this magical thing because it is really, really cool. So on the pregnancy front, I recently had my gestational diabetes test. I actually had mine a little bit late because the lab tech who's supposed to take blood wasn't able to come into the office when I was initially scheduled. The first time I took the test, the one hour test uh, for gestational diabetes, you you drink a very sweet drink and then they take your blood and they test your blood sugar. 
I failed that test. I came back just slightly over the limit, uh, which is actually very low. It's set very low just so that they can catch any potential problems. Uh, so I failed that test and I had to do another test where you drink a sweet drink, but they take your blood four times in three hours. And it is not fun. I mean, it's really not so bad, but it is boring and <laughs> you're sitting in the office for a while. Uh, I was a little concerned, of course. I had been told by my doctor and people I know who've been pregnant, you know, that I probably didn't have gestational diabetes, but I got a little bit worried. Thank God everything came back normal. I am so happy. I am so grateful. Anytime I find out that there is no complications or problems, it is a little bit of a celebration. I'm just really, really grateful. So that is all good news. As far as moving, we are officially moved into our new house. We are about 99.9% .9 moved. There are just a few things left at the old place that we need to grab, and we will be able to do that rather soon and in a very short period of time. It'll probably take less than an hour to grab everything. So we are gonna go ahead and do that, and then we are moved. And I am so grateful. I am so grateful because as we moved out our furniture, what did I happen to see? Well, I saw more mice droppings. If you don't recall, the reason that we are moving is because we had a mice problem in the last house and our landlord was not willing to deal with it, did not care about fixing it. So moving the furniture and seeing a bunch of mice droppings, it did make me feel much better about our decision to leave that house and move into the new place. I'm very, very happy about that. So we are moved in, and by moved in, I mean we are moved in with boxes absolutely everywhere. So I'm very lucky. My mom is coming next week to actually be here for my baby shower, which is going to be really fun. But while she's here, she's going to actually stay for just a bit longer and help us unpack, which I desperately need since I can't do much as an eight month pregnant lady. <laughs> it is difficult to lean over. Uh, I actually had a prenatal massage because I pushed myself too hard in the early days of this move and pulled a muscle in my back but getting that prenatal massage was very helpful and I don't wanna make that same mistake again. Last but not least, dealing with furniture companies. Oh my goodness, has this been a journey? If you guys aren't aware, the shipping delays and the supply chain issues have made furniture deliveries just awful, absolutely awful. I, with that in mind, I ordered furniture for our bedroom and for the baby's nursery back in November, the beginning of November, anticipating there was going to be delays, anticipating that it was going to take a while. Well, we still hadn't gotten a delivery date. We kept getting kind of jerked around by these companies. They would say that they were delivering and then they would cancel the delivery and say, we haven't got a delivery date for you. So try again later, basically. And I got to be honest, it was just too stressful not having furniture for the nursery and trying to think that, okay, well, I guess we'll wait until the end of February to see if it even comes. I was just like, no, <laughs> this is way too stressful. I want to set up. I want to nest. I want to get this baby's room ready. So I had to call both companies and cancel our deliveries. We had to cancel our orders. Uh, luckily, I chose a good time to call, it seems, because getting through to them at this juncture was actually easy. I tried to get through to them a little while back and it was not easy at all. So I got through to them. I was able to cancel the orders and we are just gonna go buy some things maybe at Goodwill or off of Amazon that we can guarantee will be here soon. 
So that is the update for the nursery, for furniture, and pretty much what's going on in my life. But let's get into our main topic. So today we're going to be talking about five ways to communicate with your partner that guarantee a good outcome. So we are specifically talking about those conversations that are not easy to have that could easily lead to a disagreement that leaves both of you more upset than when you started. Disagreements in marriage can be fruitful and can be used to actually help your relationship grow, to help you guys learn what you need to do to compromise. But it's not always easy to see that. So I want to share five tips that I have, five ways to communicate with your partner that will make this kind of situation easier and that you'll find that you actually are happy about how the conversation went by the end. So the first way to communicate with your partner is to express what you want to come out of the conversation. Early on when you get into a disagreement, express to your partner what it is that you want from this conversation. And I'm not even talking about, okay, well, I want, you know, A, B, and C, as in this specific outcome. I'm talking about expressing the good emotions you want to have by the end of the conversation. I'd like to feel positively at the end of this conversation. I'd like to feel like you and I listen to each other and that you and I are actually going to end up on the same page. Just expressing from the very get-go that you want this to be a positive interaction, that you are looking to have this be a conversation that makes both of you feel good about it at the end, I think is really important because it's really easy to get caught up in the emotions of a disagreement and nobody feels better by the end and you assume the worst of the other person's intentions. But if at the beginning, both of you voice, no, what we want is to have a good conversation that initially might not be so easy, but by the end, we're both happy. We're both looking forward to being close with each other again. Because during a disagreement, it's not always easy to remember to stay kind of emotionally close to your spouse. But to say to them, you know, I really want for us to both feel positive and good. I'm looking for us to both be happy at the end of this interaction. It's not about me winning over you. I want us both to be in a good place. I want our relationship to be in a good place when we're done with this conversation. It just takes that pressure off of like, oh, we're fighting each other and makes it more about, okay, we're going to come at this as a team and really try and work this out. So by the end of this conversation, we are closer as a couple than we were at the beginning. So my first piece of advice is express what you want to come out of the conversation, the positive feelings that you want to share. Number two is admit you're wrong. This is one of the hardest things to do when you are in a disagreement, is hearing what the other person has to say and actually listening. And if that means that you're wrong or part of what you're saying is wrong, then you can admit it. I think that it is so difficult to admit when we are wrong, especially when maybe there is some validity to what we're saying. But if you are partially wrong and your spouse gives you a reason for why, you have to be able to admit it. You have to be able to actually hear what he's saying. I've found that in many of the disagreements that Jacob and I have, we very quickly realize that neither one of us is entirely in the right. And both of us have gotten pretty good at being able to say, you know what, even in the middle of an argument, even in the middle of a disagreement, 
being able to say, you know what, you're right on that point. I wasn't, I wasn't fair there, or I didn't do the right thing. And in doing so, it really gives your spouse an opportunity to see that you aren't just totally caught up in the emotions of the conversation. It shows them that you're there in good faith. You are there to actually find a solution. If you can't admit you are wrong on any front, then why should they trust that you are there for a good reason? Why should they trust that you believe that they have good intentions? It shows that you are clear-headed when you are able to recognize your own mistakes and your own flaws, even when you want to get across a point. Honestly, when you can actually get to a point where you can admit that you're wrong in the middle of an argument, you'll realize that the argument isn't about you anymore. It's not about you versus your husband. It's about getting this solved. And if that means recognizing your own mistakes, you should be willing to do that in order to get a compromise. It also shows that you're still maintaining empathy, even in the middle of a contentious, heated sort of conversation. If you are able to recognize that your spouse has said something that means you are wrong, then it means that you're actually listening to them and you're hearing what they have to say and you're imagining what it would be like if you were in their shoes. And that is just a really good quality to develop more and more over time. So it's worth being able to actually pause in the middle of how you're feeling and recognize what your spouse is saying to you. So number two is admit you're wrong. Number three is take some breathing room to consider the other person's position. Sometimes in the middle of a conversation, we can get to a point where we cannot hear what the other person is saying. We can get to a point where we are too upset to actually engage meaningfully and have a purpose to what we're doing. So in those moments, it's very good to actually take a minute, take a break, walk away, do something entirely separate from one another and reconvene soon after. It doesn't even have to be like a two hour break. It can be a 20 minute break, but sometimes just walking away from each other, doing something else and kind of allowing those thoughts to sort of percolate can give you a better perspective on what your spouse is trying to say. So a good example is the other day we had a disagreement. I went into the kitchen to do some dishes. Jacob had to deal with some house stuff. And while we were separate, I thought back on what he was saying and I realized I was being unreasonable and that even though he was also being unreasonable in certain ways, I needed to be more open-minded. I needed to listen to what he was saying and recognize my own flaws. And as we were separate, I was able to do that because I wasn't, I wasn't trying to win in this argument. I was able to reflect on how he was feeling and on what he was saying. Once I didn't need to win, this is something I want to talk about more and more, the idea of kind of this feeling that we need to win when we are in fights or when we are in disagreements or when we are having conversations. Once I realized I didn't need to win, I was able to see where I had gone wrong. And when Jacob came back, when we kind of got back together and started talking again, I was able to say, you know what? You were right. I was wrong on these topics. And Jacob's response wasn't, ha ha, <laughs> I win. His response was, 
I really appreciate you doing that. I really appreciate you listening to what I had to say. And the rest of the conversation was fantastic. And by the end, we were both very happy. We had both accomplished what I had initially asked, which was expressing what I wanted to come out of the conversation. We had both accomplished that. We were both happy with the outcome. And even though it was difficult for me to say, even though it was difficult for me to admit, I felt much better at the end of the conversation, realizing where I needed to improve so that we both could improve. So that is number three. Take some breathing room to consider the other person's position. Number four is sit down next to each other instead of standing. Oh, this is one of the worst and easiest mistakes to make when you are trying to communicate with your spouse. Standing is immediately adversarial and no one is comfortable while they are standing. (laughs) It immediately puts you both on guard. It immediately puts you on opposite sides of the room. It, It just is really truly terrible when it comes to having a good meaningful conversation. The best thing to do is to sit down next to each other, maybe even hold hands. This is something that Jacob and I try to do when we are not agreeing with each other. We'll sit down next to each other and we'll touch physically because touching physically is a reminder of how much you love each other, even in moments when you disagree. But being separate from each other on opposite sides of the room will only make it easier to raise your voices. If you're sitting right next to each other, holding hands, you know that you love each other. You know what you're there for, which is to accomplish an outcome that both of you are happy with. And you don't have to raise your voice because you're right next to each other. (laughs) It's not always the easiest thing to do when you're having a conversation that is difficult, but it really does improve the quality of the communication when you are sitting next to each other, physically touching, and recognizing what you are there for, viewing each other as teammates against this problem instead of trying to view each other kind of as adversaries. So I am always a proponent of sitting next to each other, holding hands, not standing. My last point for today is put yourself in your spouse's shoes when they tell you how they're feeling. When you disagree with someone, it can be really hard to put yourself in their shoes. But it's really important to do it. It will make the conversation so much more fruitful if you can hear what the other person has to say. Now, of course, they have to do the same for you. They have to hear what you're saying. But listening to what your spouse has to say, listening to their version of events, their view on things, how it differs from yours, and really trying to put yourself in their shoes to understand it, will inevitably lead the conversation to a better outcome. Because it's not you purposefully misunderstanding or misreading your spouse, it's you really trying and making an effort to understand their points too. And when you do that, then you both are going to be working towards a compromise that makes you both happy and with the recognition that you may view this topic differently. It's really important to be able to say, I know what my partner thinks on this. If you don't understand what your partner's view on something is, you need to listen better. It's not about you getting what you want. 
It's about the two of you getting what you need as a couple. And that might mean listening to your spouse and hearing what he has to say, even if it is a little different than what you initially thought. So if you can tell your spouse back to him what he thinks, then you're in a good place to start making a compromise because you need to be able to explain what he feels and what he thinks as well as your own position so that both of you are getting the most out of this conversation, out of this disagreement, perhaps. And at the end of the day, that is really the goal of all of these conversations. So last but not least is put yourself in your spouse's shoes when they tell you how they're feeling. So that is it for the main portion of today's podcast. But I'm so glad you stayed till the very end because now we have my classic tip of the day. I have found such joy in the past few weeks by finding playlists on Spotify for places that I'd like to vacation if that makes sense. So let's say Paris. I will search Paris street music or Paris cafe and I will play that and suddenly you feel chic. You feel like you're on a vacation. If you are dreaming of going to Greece or you are dreaming of going to Germany, put on some music that reflects that. Go to Spotify, just type in German music, German street music, uh, put on Greek music, and you will feel like you are taking a break from reality and you are on vacation, even while you're doing chores. It's something that I really like doing and it just makes the day a little bit brighter. It adds a little bit of cheer to my day and I think that it would bring some cheer to your day too. It's, it's a very simple addition to what you're up to, and it just makes everything a little bit more exciting, especially in winter. Am I the only one who just hates January and February? I'm always thinking, I don't even know what these months are for. What happens in January and February? And, uh, you know, when it's cold and dreary out and you're not leaving the house so much and it's dark really early, (laughs) it's nice to be able to put on a playlist that makes you feel bright and sunny and airy and reflects different locales. So that is my classic tip of the week. Let me know your thoughts in the comments. I'd love to hear, I'd love to get a conversation started as well. So if you have any tips about communicating with your spouse or your boyfriend, let me know. I'd love to hear. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Classic Girl's Guide, and I will see you all in my next episode. Bye.